What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of NFL Study Hall. This is what we're going to call the Dead Week episode because, well, here at school, everyone seems to not have a lot of stuff going on except me. I'm absolutely booked with projects. We're going to try to just cram in this episode real quick. I'm not going to have a lot of time. I got to both do a recap and a preview of week what week are we on? 13. Week 13, guys. We only have six more weeks the rest of the year. It's been a ridiculous season, if I could say so myself. But let's dive right into it with the week 12 recap. Here we go. Bills, Detroit Lions, first game, Thanksgiving football. Absolutely blown away by the game 28 to 25 in favor of the Bills with a couple last second field goals that went back and forth in the fourth quarter. This was an excellent game to watch. I was extremely impressed by how much pressure the Detroit Lions got on Josh Allen. Allen went down for three sacks and threw a pick, and he felt like he was being pressured into the pocket every other second. Aiden Hutchinson was getting at him. Like this defensive line from the Lions, which we have not really seen a ton until recently, got pressure on one of the best escape quarterbacks in the game. Allen simply just had a really, really bad game. This was one of the few times this year that I've seen him make bad throws, that I've seen him make bad decisions. But in the end, the reason we love this guy is because when the moment gets tight and he's got to make a play happen, he always does. Stefan Diggs, arguably one of the, like, not the best. I'm not going to say that after what Justin Jefferson has done recently. But like you know what I mean. He's one of the best clutch receivers getting open, getting a play to happen, and he gets it done late in the fourth quarter. For the Lions' perspective, listen, they're 4-7. and seven. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but you can make a really good impression on this league and other free agents that are going to come into play because of the way you play, the fight you have, the energy that's on that field. I think it's absolutely incredible. This was a team that got against that almost beat the Super Bowl favorites. I don't think they're still the Super Bowl favorites, but I think they're still one of the heavy favorite contenders to get out of the AFC. And you put up only three points on Thanksgiving. Incredible finish. I would like them to go like eight and nine and get a really good spot, not in the draft, but for free agency to compete with the rest of the NFC North. Because right now, in my opinion, they're better than both the Packers and the Bears. Next game, Giants and Cowboys. Cowboys winning 28-20, to but honestly, guys, it felt a lot worse. Cowboys at one time had a lead of 28-13 to before the Giants were able to score at the very end. This was definitely a close game. The Giants had the lead going into halftime, but Dalton Schultz, a couple of big touchdowns in the third quarter and another one in the, four, and another one in the fourth by Peyton Hendershot. Um, like... <sighs> I want to say that this was kind of like going for the Giants. And I honestly, the Cowboys definitely were struggling. But there was never a moment where I told myself like, wow. Well, I guess in the first quarter a little bit. Because like I was definitely surprised the Cowboys couldn't get off to a hotter start. And that the Giants had the lead going into halftime. But as soon as that touchdown came in the third quarter... You definitely could feel the momentum. And like the third quarter touchdown by Dalton Schultz, the first one was big. And then what did the Giants do after that? They went, they went, uh, they went turnover on downs. That was kind of the moment where you realized, like, yeah, this is kind of in the Giants' control. I had people, I had friends telling me at Thanksgiving, that the Thanksgiving party we went to, like, are we ready to leave? Like, 
the Giants have this. And that was when the game was 14 to 13. So, but Cowboys impressed that they were able to hold off the Giants to only seven points in the entire second half was they completely shut down Saquon Barkley, who only had 39 yards in the game. Dak Prescott had a decent game, couple of key mistakes for two interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott was finally getting his game going with 16 carries and 92 yards, including a score. C.D. Lamb made some incredible catches. I mean, the second half, this offense finally started going, and we saw the old Dallas Cowboys team. I think they're clearly better than the Giants. I think they are probably the second best team or third best team in the NFC. You could make a case for San Francisco in that conversation, but but with the Eagles, this, the 49ers, the Cowboys, uh, it's definitely one of those three who's going to come out in my opinion. Uh, last game of Thanksgiving, Patriots and Vikings. This was also a very, very good matchup. 33-26 to in favor of the Vikes. But the Patriots were not going to go down without fighting. They eventually had the lead. They had the lead at one point of 23-16 to in the second half before a huge kickoff return touchdown kind of switched the momentum. And the Vikings in the fourth quarter were able to pull away with a last second, or not a last second, but a final touchdown by Adam Thielen to put the game to a three-point game or to a seven, to put the game to a seven-point game. Uh, Justin Jefferson, huge game once again. Kirk Cousins, pretty clean the entire day, only uh, went 30 of 37. Mac Jones puts up the most yards in his career with 382 yards. I mean, this was just a really good football game. You had kind of a little bit of everything. You had an interception, you had a kickoff return touchdown, you had big plays by basically everyone on the field, it seemed like. I mean, this was just solid. TJ Hawkinson finally got something going. Kirk Cousins was definitely able to get the ball spread around. Um, I mean, there's really nothing else I can say. This is good. Uh, so implications for the future, I guess. Uh, the New England Patriots, I still think they're a good football team. They're sitting at 6-5, and five, and they will make a playoff push. We're just hoping that Mike White from the Jets kind of implodes at some point because if the Jets can get rolling, they're sitting at, what, 7-4 and four right now. They could make a really good push for the playoffs as well. Now, the Patriots beat the Jets twice. So the Patriots are just looking to tie the Jets and pull away from the Chargers. We'll talk about them later. For the Vikings, 9-2, and two, still sitting second in the NFC North, or in the NFC. They're definitely going to win their division, so they'll host a home game, but they're going to have to keep the pedal down because the Cowboys are coming. Or, no, because the 49ers are coming now, and... You got the Bucks sitting at a le- losing record, so the only low, the lowest spot they could go to is three. But in my opinion, if you play three, you're gonna have to face either the Giants. Uh, most likely, they'll have to face the Giants because the Cowboys are gonna place the or we're gonna be the five team. So, I got, what I'm saying is, is it's gonna be a lot better if you get that two seed. You just gotta keep it down. All right, moving on. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cleveland Browns. Uh, this was a low-scoring game kind of till the second half. Actually, what am I talking about? It was 10-10 going into half, and it finished 17-17. Both defenses were doing fantastic. Miles Garrett was all over the place. Uh, Tom Brady really struggled just getting anything going in the deep ball. He only had 246 yards. Uh, Nick Chubb finally had something going with 116 yards and a touchdown. Good back-and-forth battle. The Browns now getting Deshaun Watson back in Week 13. Um, they play Houston Texans, so it's going to be an easy win whether they had Deshaun Watson or not. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're sitting at 5-6, and six, but somehow still leading the NFC South with losses by the, uh, with a loss by the Atlanta Falcons. Carolina Panthers, they just got off too late, and 
they are looking good now, but it's going to be tough. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got a tough stretch coming up where they got to take on the Saints, which the Saints are a lot weaker this year, but they always seem to have the uh, Bucks numbers in recent year. And then at 49ers and versus the Bengals and at the Cardinals and then two division games between the Panthers and Falcons. So we're going to see what Tom Brady magic can he, he can pull up because it's going to be a tough stretch down the road. Bengals versus Titans, 20-16. to 16. I'm genuinely shocked by this game. Derrick Henry had nothing going in the round game. Cincinnati Bengals absolutely able to stuff them up front. Ryan Tannehill barely was able to push the ball downfield at all. The only touchdown coming from the Titans was a fumble recovery in the end zone. Nothing going on the offensive side. Heck, Derrick Henry had the most receiving yards on his team with only three receptions and 79 yards on what seemed like I guess I'm going to guess we're screen plays uh, for the Bengals, man. Jamar Chase decides to step out of this one. Joe Mixon didn't even play, and they still were able to get this going. Samaj P. Ryan uh, absolutely coming alive for 58 yards and a touchdown. He is one of the most underrated back, uh Backup running backs, second running backs for a team in the league, in my opinion. T. Higgins coming in clutch with 114 yards and a touchdown. Just overall good victory for the Bengals as they move to 7-4. and four. And I want to look at the standings because with the loss to the Baltimore Ravens, that might give them the division lead. Nope, both of them still sitting at 7-4. and four. And with the Ravens having beat them the first time, uh, they, will, they are still on top but those teams are going to have to play again later this year. So that might decide the entire division. For the Titans, no need to worry. Their division is easy. You're just going to have to find out some kind of passing game if Derrick Henry can't get the run game going. Texans-Dolphins, not going to say a, lot, a whole lot here. Texans playing Kyle Allen. Stunk. Dolphins got up to a 30 nothing lead in the first half. Didn't really get anything going in the second half, but they played most of their backups, so I'm not super surprised. 8-3 and three Dolphins still sitting second in the AFC. Bears versus Jets. The Mike White magic strikes again. 22 of 28, 315 yards and three touchdowns. I don't have the stat memorized, but it's something along the lines of Joe Flacco had five touchdowns in three games. Zach Wilson had three touchdowns in seven games. And Zach, and Mike White had three touchdowns in one game. Something like it's It's ridiculous how effective this man is. And all the guys love him. You see him after the game. They're all like huddling around each other. They're encouraging him. They're excited about him. This is a new energy with Mike White at the helm. Do not be surprised if he finishes the rest of the season for the Jets and they become quick playoff contenders. For the Chicago Bears, they're just waiting for Justin Fields to come back. Trevor Simeon leading this team, not a good football team. Atlanta Falcons versus the Washington football or Washington Commanders. My bad. 19-13 favor of the Commanders. Listen, the Atlanta Falcons are trying all they can. This is a very good Commanders team. Had nothing really going in the passing game, but Brian Robinson, man, just coming out of nowhere. Gotta be like, would you give him comeback player of the year, even though he never really had a year where he fell? Like he's a I think he's a rookie, but like the fact that you get shot before the year starts. Um, yeah, he's a rookie. He's a third-round rookie. The fact that you get like this incredible injury and then come back and are very literally carrying the commanders um, throughout this stretch to put them at 7-5 and five, and I think in the playoff picture uh, is just absolutely ridiculous. So I'm loving what the commanders are doing. I still like what the Falcons are doing. They'll find a way to get something going. Broncos versus Panthers. I mean, Broncos are just awful. Good Lord. 
uh, I don't even know what to do at this point. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson just looks absolutely awful. There's nothing really going on the rushing attack. Carolina Panthers, Sam Donald didn't really have to do much in this game. Dante Foreman, again, with a huge one. Their defense was able to get huge pressure. Uh, there's, I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous at this point. Carolina Panthers moving to 4-8. and eight. Again, they have gotten hot recently, but I think they're still too far behind. Broncos just looking for a good draft pick, and they've got to make a decision about Russell Wilson. I'm still... I need to wait for the rest of the season to say my opinion because I really don't have one on whether they should keep Russell Wilson. Um, I, I cannot imagine he goes from such a dynamic player in Seattle to absolutely fall apart in Denver. There's got to be some some kind of coaching or culture mashup that's just not allowed him to get anything going. Uh, so we'll see where I stand on Russell Wilson. Ravens versus Jaguars. I mean, why do the Ravens keep doing this? They always seem to have this kind of game where they'll beat up on a really good team and seem like they're Super Bowl contenders. And then, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars come around who are sitting at 3-7 and seven and they're able to beat the Ravens. Like, there is a weird play. Like, Jacksonville has a weird thing going on at home. They're 3-3 three and three right now at home where good teams will come in. And they just don't seem to get anything going. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 16 of 32, 254, and a touchdown. He also led the team with rushing yards. Trevor Lawrence gets up for 321 yards and three touchdowns. Zay Jones with a huge game, including the two-point conversion. I mean, what do you do? What what do you do? Especially in the fourth quarter, man. It was 19 to 10 for the Baltimore Ravens. And then Jacksonville comes in with less than six minutes to go and, and wins the game. In regulation, too. Um. yeah, the Jaguars, I don't really think are a great team. I think we always knew they were going to come back and have a good season with Doug Peterson at the helm and Trevor Lawrence. His arm angle looks a lot better. They've got the weapons. They've got the rushing game. They didn't have Travis Etienne in this game, but they you still have the weapons. The Ravens are a good football team who just seem to like all four of their losses have been fourth quarter blown leads. I don't know how to mentally overcome that. I never was able to do it as a football player, or I guess I was. I had my my issue was always before the game, like my nerves and stuff on the golf course and everything like that. My nerves always came in before the round started, so either my game would be all great or all bad. Uh, but for the Ravens, man, you just got to keep it going. You just have to somehow... I mean, establish a run game besides Lamar Jackson because that's how you bleed the clock is you can get first down after first down running the ball, right? And they have really have not been able to do that. Chargers and Cardinals, 25-24. Chargers had all their weapons back, I believe, in this game, so their offense was definitely more productive. Mike Williams, that was the only guy they had out. So Keenan Allen was in, Austin Eckler was in, and Mike Williams was out. But honestly, Austin Eckler wasn't able to get anything going. Uh, Justin Herbert threw the ball 47 times, only completed 35 of them for 274 yards. That's his, That's not really pushing the ball downfield a ton. I mean, you can't really say much about Kyler Murray either. Uh, this was definitely a, a dip and dunk kind of game, and the Chargers able to pull it out at the end on a last-second touchdown by Austin Eckler. You know what? I think the Arizona Cardinals are definitely got more fight in them after what Budo Baker said, I think, three weeks ago. Chargers, 
I mean, we saw Justin Herbert magic for the first time this year, it seemed like, and they sit at six and five. I think they're right inside the playoff picture. To me, they still haven't shown that they're a full playoff contender. That defense still seems weak, and I honestly think they got um, very fortunate in this game because the Cardinals, their Cardinals were ready to win. Raiders and Seahawks. Oh my goodness, Josh Jacobs. 303 total scrimmage yards, including three touchdowns, with the 86-yard touchdown run in overtime. <laughs> the Seahawks are a good team, and I don't know how the Raiders were honestly able to pull this one off. I mean, this was the Josh Jacobs show, and honestly, this is probably what the Raiders are going to need to do from now on and then mix it up with Devontae Adams a little bit. They probably should have started like this at the beginning of the year where they push Josh Jacobs early and then go to Devontae Adams instead of the other way around. I don't know if that's exactly what they did or not, but to me... This uh, this was a decent defense from the Seattle Seahawks, at least in recent games. And they were able to put up 34 points. But if you're the Raiders, man, you cannot be upset with how your offense played with Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr got two tu three touchdowns in there as well. Overall, such a productive game for the Raiders. This is the type of team we thought we were going to see when we saw the preseason moves. For the Seahawks, they're sitting at 6-5. and five. They've definitely got their work cut out for them with the Washington football team at 7-5. and five. Um, Do they have a chance at the playoffs? Yes, but you cannot lose too many more games. Plus, your division is kind of stacked when you get to the later in the year. you got to play the Rams twice. I think they'll win probably both those games, but you also still have to play the 49ers, Chiefs, and Jets. So it's going to be a tough road ahead for the Seahawks. Do I think they can do it? Yes, but if my money is going to go somewhere, I'm taking Washington. Rams and Chiefs, listen, the Chiefs, they struggled early on. This was not a game where they really pulled out to a, an immediate lead. 13-3, it is a double-digit lead, but when you consider how crazy this team has gone, I expected it to be like 17-3 or 20-3 at halftime. It got to 20-3 in the third quarter, Got to 20 to 10 in the fourth, and then they were able to pull out with two field goals. Patrick Mahomes still Patrick Mahomes still played a good game. Isaiah Pacheco has just been a monster. I absolutely love this guy in the running game, using him a lot with um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Travis Kelsey again with a touchdown. He's been the most dynamic player, I think, in the National Football League when it comes to be being a wide receiver type player and a tight end at the same time who can block really well. He's just a monster in the backfield, in the uh, front game. For the Rams, I mean, they played, who is this kid? I don't even know who is the quarterback. Bryce Perkins, second season from Virginia. My goodness. Apparently, he's been playing in the last three games for this team, coming in at the last second. This is his first Full game, he had 100 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Was also sacked three times. So not a lot coming from the passing game. This team is just looking for a next good draft pick and trying to rebuild that Super Bowl. It's going to be a new roster coming up because they've lost a lot of key pieces from their Super Bowl run. they got to get back healthy. I mean, we could be seeing a, a two- to three-year rebuild after one season from the Los Angeles Rams. Kansas City Chiefs, 9-2, and two, still my Super Bowl favorites. 
New Orleans Saints versus San Francisco 49ers. We saw that defense of the 49ers come out again, not only allowing zero points in the second half for the fourth time in a row, but zero points in the entire game. Final score of 13 to zero. Would I have liked to see that San Francisco offense come out a little bit more? Yes, but again, I tried hyping up the Saints defense before the year. They kind of showed me a little bit this year. Andy Dalton got nothing going. Alvin Kamara was nowhere to be found, and it was just a grind for the New Orleans Saints to even get through the game. 49ers at 7-4, and four, currently leading their division. I think they'll win the division, fighting against the um, Minnesota Vikings for the second spot in the NFC. Two more games left. Packers versus Eagles. Sunday Night Football. What a thriller. What a thriller. Packers offense, especially on the run game, able to get something going. A.J. Dillon, uh, Aaron Rodgers had a few, had three, two touchdown passes in this game before he goes out hurt with, I want to say, a thumb injury. And what happens when he comes out? Jordan Love comes in and throws a 63-yard dime to Christian Watson to make it a one-score game. Eagles ultimately won 40-33. to Do I make the argument that it is time for Aaron Rodgers to come out, rest, get ready for a trade option or another run with the Packers? Is it Jordan Love's time? Is it Jordan Love's time? Now, one game against one of the best teams in the NFC does say something, but again... Haven't seen a, a, a real ton of consistency. Maybe at the last game of the season, you're welcome to throw in Jordan Love for a whole game and see how he handles it. Um, for right now, you best go with Aaron Rodgers and maybe continue to experiment with Jordan Love more in the practice field and in uh, training and stuff like that. At the end of the year, though, if you can get a good trade option for him, this rush game is primed right now with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. They've got a young wide receiver core that's coming up. Christian Watson has definitely come into his own. And Jordan Love could be the spark you need. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not as familiar with Jordan Love as I should be. But I'm just saying, you could get a few really good draft picks. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is done. But he might be done in Green Bay. Eagles did exactly what they needed to do. Definitely would have loved to see a little bit tighter defense, but offense coming in strong. Final game, Steelers versus Colts. I wanted the Colts to win this so badly. They had a bunch of really big mistakes, especially in the red zone with that fumble, and then also with the clock management at the end and the play calling as well. I, I didn't like some of that play calling in the in the final drive to get that other first down that they needed. Uh, but with Najee Harris out, Benny Step, Benny. Snell Jr., who I loved out of Memphis, is uh, had a big game. Kenny Pickett came clean. George Pickens showed off his talent again. Packers or Steelers defense have definitely gone uh, come in strong lately, early in games. This game was sixteen to three at halftime, and uh, the Steelers were able to pull it out at the end. So good for them. Both these teams sitting at four and seven, not really contending any, for anything. Just morale and experimenting with their team. Should Matt Ryan stay another year in Indianapolis? Is Jeff Saturday the future coach of this team? I like his energy. Definitely mismanaged the clock there at the end. Pittsburgh Steelers, is Kenny Pickett the guy? I think he is. I think this team likes him. And they're just going to have to find some more weapons for him. 
All right, guys. So that was the crazy week 12 recap. We're going to, I got to get to class in a few minutes. So we're going to blitz through these game picks. Thursday night football, Bills versus uh, Patriots. As well, as much as I want to say the Patriots are going to win this game because of the mishaps I've seen from Buffalo, I don't see it happening. I think it'll be a solid, good game in New England. Uh, give me the Bills, though, out of just caution, 28 to 25. Steelers versus the Atlanta Falcons. Both these teams, I feel like, are on the same level right now in the fact that they have been able to pull out amazing wins and drop some that they should have won. I think the Steelers right now have a little bit more momentum putting a close game against Cincinnati Bengals, beating the Indianapolis Colts. This is in Atlanta, though, so they are, but so Atlanta is always better. One score game for sure, even the Steelers 27 to 24. Green Bay versus Chicago. This game is all decided about whether Justin Fields plays or not. The fact that the Packers are able to put up 33 against Philadelphia says a lot about their offense to me. If Fields play plays, I might change this pick, but as it stands right now, I'm taking the Packers 31 to 24. Jacksonville Jaguars, Detroit Lions. Listen, I know that the Jaguars just came off a big victory, but the Lions just put up a close game against the Bills. This is in Detroit, so Detroit doesn't have to move. They are Oh my goodness, the burps. They are coming off a extra long week, having played on Thanksgiving. And the Jacksonville Jaguars seem to always put up against this really good team a win and then fall short in the next week. I'm taking the Detroit Lions 30-23. to New York Jets versus Minnesota Vikings. Mike White Magic is going to come up just a little bit short on this one. I really like Minnesota, Minnesota on the extra long week. Again, staying at home. Vikings 34-28. Washington football team versus the New York Giants. Listen, the momentum's in favor of the Commanders. And by the way, it's the Commanders, not the football team. Don't know why I keep saying that. Uh, momentum's in favor of the Commanders. I think they have the better defense right now. They have just, like, I think they got more energy. The Giants are coming off a, like, I think back-to-back tough losses on Thanksgiving and before that to the Detroit Lions. This offense is definitely not going to put up a boatload of points, but I think they'll be able to make it happen. I'm going to take the Washington Commanders, 26-25. to 25. Tennessee Titans versus Philadelphia Eagles. I love this matchup. I'm going to take the Eagles in a low-scoring game because I do think this Tennessee Titans defense has something in it. But I think that the Eagles are going to bottle up Derrick Henry and force Tannehill to throw, which we always, knows, which we always know doesn't really go so well. I'm going to take the Eagles, 24-21. to 21. Denver Broncos versus the Baltimore Ravens. A big rivalry back in the day when you had Joe Flacco and Peyton Manning. Not the same today. Russell Wilson will struggle once again against the Baltimore Ravens at home looking on a revenge game against with losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me the Ravens 25-16. to Cleveland Browns, Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson's comeback game. They aren't really going to need him a ton against this Houston defense with Nick Chubb in the rushing attack. Give me Cleveland 24-20. Big game by the Chubster. Seattle Seahawks, LA Rams. Listen, LA coming off a backup quarterback with not really great wide receivers. Van Jefferson, I think, is their lead wide receiver right now, who I love as a person. Not really a number one wide receiver. Give me the Seahawks, who still have a fantastic offense, 31-27. My opinion, the game of the... Actually, who is this the game of the week? Next, next two games are going to be the games of the week. Let me just put it that way. Miami Dolphins versus the San Francisco 49ers. You got Mike McDaniel, Raheem Moster, and Jeff Wilson all headed back home to San Francisco. I am going to take the Dolphins. I think Mike McDaniel is going to know this team very well. I mean, the coaching battle is going to be absolutely ridiculous between Kyle, 
Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel. Uh, give me the Dolphins twenty or thirty to twenty-eight. I just like the receiving core better. Tua Tagovailoa is playing out of his mind. The rush game is going to need to come in, and I'm a little bit nervous on the Dolphins' defensive side when it comes to that rushing attack, considering how many dynamic players the 49ers have. But in the end, I'm sticking with the rolling Dolphins. The other game of the week that I was mentioning, the Chiefs versus the Bengals. Bengals beat the Chiefs twice last year, once at home in the regular season, once on the road in the playoffs. This game is at home. And I'm going to take the Chiefs out of caution, 31-30. to 30. In my opinion, this is the best team in football. The Bengals are one of the hottest teams in football with two great wins back-to-back weeks. Jamar Chase is supposed to be back. I was very, very... This is one of the games I was the most conflicted about. But in the end, I'm going to go with the magic of Patrick Mahomes to get the job done. LA Chargers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Thought this would be a huge title matchup when it came before the season. I'm not thinking that so much anymore. I'm going to take a healthier Chargers to take on the Raiders at home, who for some reason seem to do worse, 34-29 to in favor of L.A. Indianapolis Colts versus the Dallas Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys 28-17. to That defense is going to bottle up anything that comes out of the run game of the Indianapolis Colts. We saw that happen against the against the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley. Matt Ryan's going to have multiple picks in this game. I like how the Dallas offense looks. 28-17, I think, is a great score for this one. Final rivalry matchup on Monday Night Football, New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And although the Saints have had the Bucs number in recent years, Bucs already beat them earlier in the season, I see it happening again on Monday Night Football in Tampa. Give me Brady, still looking to make the playoffs again, 24 to 20. Thank you so much for guys for tuning in. I will catch you guys next week on finals week when we go to break down. I'll have a little bit more time to put a full episode in the breakdown of week 13. Until then, guys, have a great rest of your week and weekend. Peace out. <laughs>